You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. At this time, we ask that you turn off all cell phones. Unless, of course, you're using them to listen to this podcast, in which case, please keep it on. And please refrain from any flash photography, as it is dangerous to the performers of this podcast. And now... Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't you see? It's so simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five. End this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway successes are in Times Square. Ho, 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 ye of little faith. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd try a different welcome today. (laughs) Hey, theater geeks. Hello. This is Pamela. And this is Ebony. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, (laughs) where we talk about Broadway flops, uh, scandals, and new works. Who fails, who sues, we tell their stories. We are going to tell it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guys. Oh, how'd your week go? You went on vacation. I was on vacation. A little break from the city. It was amazing. Gulf Shores, Alabama. Um, <laughs> this is really telling. My parents like to go to the Hangout Music Festival, um, which is, it happens in Gulf Shores every year, but it's mm-hmm. relatively new. I think it's just like eight years old or something like oh. that. But my dad and mom have been going every single year. <laughs> and then like they'll add family members here and there each year. But every year they'll rent a beach house mm-hmm. and they'll go to the music festival over the weekend. And then the rest of the time we'll just hang out. But like <laughs> I'll send them off to the music festival and I'll wrap myself up in all of the these, you know, different layers of sun protection and go out on the beach and read. It is so relaxing and lovely. I always, I just love it there. <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah. sounds very nice. It was nice. So if I talk like this, that's because I'm really relaxed. <laughs> What's the show we're going to talk about today, Ebony? Oh, today <laughs> we are going to talk about a gangster musical. <gasps> what? Well, is it Bullets Over Broadway? It is not Bullets Over Broadway. Oh, is it Guys and Dolls? It's not Guys and Dolls because that was a hit. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. I was yeah. just trying to think of all the gangster musicals. Yeah. Oh, is it Bonnie and Clyde? It is not Bonnie and Clyde. Well. All right. So today's musical is called 
Legs Diamond. Legs Diamond. The musical. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what it's called. Awesome. Um, so Legs Diamond, the musical, was a passion project for Peter Allen. And uh, some of you will know Peter Allen because you will know Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Who did, uh, was it a one-man musical? Or was it? Which show? Um, when he did... Uh, oh crap! What's it called? <laughs> not the boy from uh, Oz. Yeah, the oh, boy from Oz was all about Peter one, Allen's life. Right. It's not a one man musical. Okay. There are other characters in it, but yes, I mean okay. it. It did. I mean, really, honestly, it kind of played that way because right. nobody nobody told us about the show itself. They just said Hugh Jackman was in it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah, the boy from Oz, which was uh, the show that Hugh Jackman did a few years ago, was based on Peter Allen's life, and Peter Allen was Australian, but he was sort of like New York's Liberace. Like, he was very... um, Flamboyant. Very flamboyant, shiny, sparkly. Mm -hmm. Um, He did concerts, mostly. He wasn't known for being in a musical. Okay. Um, So, uh, the Legs Diamond musical was going to be his first, like, foray into an actual, like, Broadway show. Cool. So, uh, what had happened is... He had seen this movie from the 1960s um, about Legs Diamond. And I'll just give you a little backstory. So the musical uh, is also known as the totally fictitious musical history of Legs Diamond. (laughs) So if you can imagine with me, um, you're in, in... in a in a Broadway theater and some shiny sparkly lights come down and it says legs diamond. I mean like bright, shiny, <laughs> colorful lights. And then underneath that, a whole nother set of lights and letters come down and it says the totally fictitious musical history of legs diamond. <laughs> it's like I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you would like to do this to yourself, which I did, there is an extremely bootleg version Ooh. that you can watch on YouTube. Uh-huh. Guys, it's so bootleg, somebody's head's in the way. <laughs> it's grainy, yeah. and you can see, like, it's VHS. I mean, this is some old school <laughs> stuff. Uh, and uh, so like if you reel to reel. <laughs> it's, it's, it's painful. That's amazing. But I, I, I did it. And, I mean, you can... Here's the thing is you can kind of make out humans like all the white people are kind of white, shiny, colorful blobs and all the black people are like darkness. And then you can see a costume moving. So you figure that must be a person. That's a person in there. (laughs) Okay, It's very interesting. Awesome. Okay, so um, the Legs Diamond musical used the film The Rise and Fall of Legs Diamond from 1960 for its source material. Uh, the demise of the musical we're going to speak about is also uh, the origin story of the Times Square Church. So, oh. so we'll talk about uh, both of those today. Cool, cool. Uh, Legs Diamond was a real bootlegger gangster from the Prohibition era who worked mainly in Philadelphia and New York City. Um. His first, his first name was Jack, right? So it's Jack Legs Diamond. He was born John Thomas Diamond uh, on July of 1897. Did he have gorgeous legs? Well, we'll get into oh. how he got the nickname <laughs> Legs Diamond, okay. but as a child, he was just John Thomas Diamond, okay. <laughs> um, which is a cool last name, right? Yeah. 
Um, so Jack had a younger brother named Eddie Diamond, and Jack and Eddie both struggled through grade school, um, and their mother, Sarah, suffered a lot of health issues, and then in December of 1913, she passed away from complications due to high fever and bacterial infection. So John Sr., John Diamond Sr., their father, moved them to Brooklyn shortly after. How old were, were they? Um, so if he was born in 1897... And she died in 1913, and they left uh, a few months later. Uh, math. <laughs> Let me just get my calculator. Okay, because math. Uh, 97, so three years, so yeah. 10. He was 10. 10, he was 10. Um, <laughs> that was really fast for me. Good job. Thank you. Because I'm not. Uh, I do musical theater. <laughs> I mean, this is like simple math, too. And I'm like, I'm, no, I can't. Um. His father was a an Irish immigrant, um, uh, and so they they moved to Brooklyn from Philadelphia. Okay, that's where they moved to. Okay, so to Brooklyn from Philly. <laughs> uh, Diamonds. So Diamond soon joined a New York street gang called the Hudson Dusters. Diamond's first arrest for burglary occurred when he broke into a jewelry store. In February of 1914. So he was about 11 years old. Oh, my gosh. And he's already been arrested. Legs. I know Um, your mother died, but behave yourself. Uh, Okay, wait. Wait, cut. Because it's (laughs) saying here when he was 17. February 4th, 1914. He was 17. When was he born? This is 1897. (laughs) I think we might have done some... Did we... Well, Someone no, eight, either 1897 to, to 1913 is yeah. 10 years. And then four, to 1914 is 11. Wait, it's no. 16 years. Okay, okay. <laughs> I okay. was like, so either they did bad math or we did bad math. We did so bad math. So it turns math. out we did bad math. Okay. okay, sorry everybody. So when I told you that I'm musical theater and not a mathematician, that is because I don't do math well. So he was not 10, he was 16. <laughs> 16, okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Continue your story. <laughs> so he was 16 at his first arrest. Uh, he was 16 when they moved. And then at 17, he had his first arrest for um, a jewelry theft. Okay. Uh, Diamond served in the U.S. Army during World War One, but deserted in 1918 or 1919. They're not sure of which year. And was then convicted and jailed for desertion. How long? Um, let's see. Uh, it was only a few months. Oh, okay. Because uh, the next thing is once he got free from jail, um, he became a thug and later a personal bodyguard for Arnold Rothstein. And that happened in 1919. Okay. So he was only in jail a few months for desertion. Wow. Uh, so in October of 1927, Diamond tried to stop the murder of little Augie. Uh, his name was Jacob Organ. Um, as Organ and Diamond were walking down a street on the Lower East Side, three young men approached them and started shooting. Organ was fatally wounded, and oh. Diamond was shot two times below the heart. Diamond was taken to Bellevue Hospital, um, where he eventually recovered. So this is very important because one of the uh, sort of 
legends surrounding Legs Diamond is that, you know, he had like nine lives like a cat. It's like impossible to kill him. Mm -hmm. So and this is the first time that he almost died. Wow. So this just like continues throughout his life. Yeah. Uh, So the police interviewed Diamond in the hospital, but he refused to identify any suspects. And the police initially suspected that Diamond was an accomplice and charged him with homicide. But the charge was later dropped. Um, uh, Jack Diamond was also known as Gentleman Jack. Uh, Diamond survived a number of attempts on his life, as I just said, and it was between the years of 1916 and 1931, causing him to be known as the Clay Pigeon of the Underworld. (laughs) His nickname, Legs, either came from the swiftness uh, with which he created created crime. He, no, created crimes? (laughs) I think I was supposed to say he, like, fled or escaped them. Okay. Um, or evaded. his evaded, evaded, or his ability to be a great dancer. <laughs> it's so, one or the other. <laughs> but apparently, like he really was a good dancer. Oh. Like this is like a real thing. Okay. Um, if you watch the movie, you'll see like it's a huge part. Of, yeah. of the movie. Oh, how fun! Um, but, but that I mean, honestly, that leads itself to be a fantastic musical. Well, I I mean, you would think in a way, like you would say. <laughs> You know, this man, this man had this talent, you Uh know, for, but I saw the movie and I thought, (laughs) I hate this person. (laughs) Well, he's a thug. Right. But I feel like I have seen other shows, case in point, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like I, I, I listened to it because I didn't have the pleasure of being able to see the musical, Mm -hmm. but I listened to it and I still felt for them. Yeah. You know, I felt for them constantly getting into trouble. Like, even when I saw Bonnie and Clyde, the movie, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the one with uh, Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty, and you're just like... (sighs) You you kind of want them to succeed, even though they're doing horrible things. Right, or not, like, you you know that this isn't actually what they want to be doing right especially bonnie like yeah. that's not what she wanted to be doing she she wanted to be famous and mm-hmm. go to hollywood yeah. but they were poor mm-hmm. you know they had no money and um you know it, it 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 was also uh during the great depression yeah so there's you have to have some sympathy for a character in order to wa- sit with them for two and a half hours. Absolutely. There's got to be something in them that is redeemable enough or that you can connect with. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there and I was like, no, you're just Satan. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Yep. So, um, so yeah. So then uh, in December, we'll go back to the story. Uh, Diamond was also a womanizer and he was best known his best-known mistress was a showgirl and dancer named Marion Kiki Roberts. Call me Kiki! <laughs> <laughs> the, the public loved Diamond. He was upstate New York's biggest celebrity at the time. So he was all over New York, just not New York City. Or not only New York City, sorry. Uh, and uh, Philadelphia. December 1931, Diamond had been staying in a rooming house in Albany, New York, while on trial in Troy, New York, on kidnapping charges. Oh, my. On December 17th, Diamond was acquitted. That night, Diamond, his family, and friends were at a restaurant. At 1 a.m., Diamond went to visit his mistress, Marianne Kiki Roberts. At 4.30 a.m., Diamond went back to the rooming house and passed out on his bed. Two gunmen entered his room around an hour later. 
One man held down Diamond while the other shot him three times in the back of the head. Oh, my goodness. So, as I stated before... Was this his second life? No, this <laughs> oh, was this it. this is the end. Okay. This was it. So, that was the thing, was there had been multiple attempts on his life, yeah. and... Like, this time they were like, you know, we're doing it for yeah, real this time. They weren't. they weren't messing around. Sheesh. So, speculation as to who may have killed Legs, uh, they thought maybe local politicians may have gotten together to get rid of him in order to prove... They had a handle on the city, and no one would disrupt the image they were so proud of making. Others speculate it was the chief of police who received a promotion right after Legs was killed, <laughs> and many have believed he received that promotion because he took Legs out. It is thought that it may have been his arch nemesis, Dutch Schultz, who wanted him out of New York City so that he could have free reign over the territory. Okay. Legs is now buried at Mount Olivet. O-L-I-B-E-T Cemetery in Mazpeth, Queens. Okay. So he's in Queens, Not guys. too far away from us. No. Nope. <laughs> we I could go visit the, his grave. Do you want to do... I think that's the song that uh, Sarah Bareilles wrote, The Cemetery in the Center yes. of Queens. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great song. It is a great song. <laughs> I love that. I wanted to actually get that song together for auditioning. Oh, you should. Maybe I still will. Such a good song. It is a great song. Mm. <laughs> It's a really old city. Freaking love it. <laughs> totally. I listen to it often. Mm -hmm. All right. So the movie was produced by Warner Brothers Studios, which is important because that's who um, Peter had to get the rights from in order to write this musical. Okay. Um, and it was directed by Bud Bocheer and written by Joseph Landon. The cast included Ray Danton as Jack Legs Diamond, Robert Lowry as Arnold Rothstein, Karen Steele is Alice Scott, Leg's wife, and Warren Oates um, as Leg's kid brother, Eddie Diamond. Um, so as I was just complaining about how I didn't like yeah. Leg's Diamond and there was like nothing redeemable about him in the movie, I read an article that talked about this and said that uh, gangster movies of that era failed to make the characters likable. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I was like, boom, that's why I hated him. <laughs> um, and so within like the first 10 minutes of the movie, I was like, uh, Leg Simon is putting stolen goods in a woman's purse, whom he literally met five minutes before. And I was just like screaming at the television yeah. and saying he was a jerk. <laughs> okay, so that musical theater life... <laughs> Here we go. The players. Peter Allen. I already talked about him. Harvey Firestein and Charles Seppin. Charles Seppin was actually a famous like costume designer. Okay. So he was Peter Allen's costume designer. Yeah. They had been good friends for a long time. But he sewed he all the rhinestones onto his capes. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he, he actually, um, he wrote, the first incarnation of the book, and then Harvey was, like, brought in to help rework yeah. it. Um, but then they felt like it was going in too dark of a direction. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was still Harvey and Charles. So Charles Seppin was the... He is the first and only librat lib librettist to also win a Cody Award for women's wear design. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking well, there awesome. there you go. Uh, we've got... <laughs> Uh, Robert Allen Ackerman was the director. He had directed two plays on Broadway before this, uh, and those plays were The Slab Boys and Bent. Okay. And by all accounts, they were they were pretty good. Yeah. So, um, but musicals are different. Completely different. Completely <laughs> different. Um, 
David Mitchell was the set designer and Michael Sean was the choreographer. Okay, previews began for uh, the Legs Diamond musical on October 25th, 1988. So here's your first problem. <laughs> there were no tryouts. Oh. Legs Diamond had no out-of-town tryouts. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, no. Are you talking about, you thought, okay, you My thought there was like auditions. no audition. I was like, what did they do? Did they just right. call around their, their friends? No, no, you're talking out-of-town tryouts. Yeah, out-of-town gotcha. tryouts. So there was a workshop. Yeah. Um, and so they basically just used the same cast from the workshop. Okay. But they they didn't have an out-of-town tryout. For people in our audience, workshops and tryouts are completely, completely different. different. Workshop is really just like a one-off. Like right. maybe one or two performances in front of an audience and it's to sort see of how like the material goes. It's not even like exactly. fully staged. But like and- a tryout would be a complete fully performed production mm-hmm. where you get real audience members, right. not just friends and family, like you, real and, and being able to really figure out whether or not this show works and in what areas where they need to be changed. So for them not to have a tryout is really unprecedented. Yeah, it's, it's really unheard of. It's it's and it's not a great idea no. because it gives the writers and uh, it gives the entire creative team so much more time to work out the kinks before you bring it to Broadway. It's true. It's true. Uh, you know, so even if you're not going to do an out-of-town tryout, a lot of places will at the very least do an off-Broadway. Yeah. All right. So previews began October 25th, 1988. Uh, as I stated, the first book was darker um, than they felt was best for the show. Um, and... The set that David, so part of the reason that there was no out-of-town tryout was the set that David Mitchell had created apparently was too elaborate to, like, move. <laughs> okay. Um, so it made a tour impossible. Okay. Um, I but, mean. <laughs> right. I know. And I'm just, and I also read that, like, the, the Net- Netherlander organization, they were just, like, so hot to get something in their okay. theater. Okay. Okay. Uh, because uh, this was the Mark Hellinger Theater, uh-huh. which was riddled with problems for uh, whatever reason yeah. all during the 80s to actually have, like, a successful run of a show. Sure. I mean, and this is the theater that had shows like My Fair Lady in it. So originally it had, you know, just hit after hit after hit but for some reason and and I'm sure economics had a lot to do with it because you had in like 1976 uh you had a chorus line just bringing Broadway back to life mm-hmm. and so all through the 80s it was still basically trying to find its footing yeah, yeah. so so unfortunately the Mark Hellinger was one of those theaters that just could not get a hit to stay inside of it and yeah so uh here you have Legs Diamond and they're just trying to get something in. Also, it was the first new, it was, sorry, the only new book musical set for the 1989-1990 season. Okay. So uh, if you also look to a That's season. a lot of pressure. <laughs> it is. I mean, if you also look to the year that Sunset Boulevard first came out, mm-hmm. it was also the only new book musical okay. uh, for that entire season and won the Tony Award yeah. for Best New Musical because it, did it was very the, well. It, well, it was the only musical. <laughs> yeah. Like the only other one was a review. So yeah. that doesn't have a book. Yep. So it just didn't, you know. Wow. So, so like I said, the, the, the 80s and like very, very early 90s were sort of a difficult time. Mm hmm. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So here's where, I mean, already we'd had a bumpy start with no out-of-town tryout. The set's too elaborate and bulky, so you can't do one. Uh, then Michael Sean, the choreographer, is fired and replaced by Alan Johnson because they don't feel like he's getting like the real feel of the show. <sighs> the show saw several opening night postponements and ended up having, which is unheard of, an eight-week preview cycle. So there was eight weeks of previews. Oh, my goodness. There's never, guys, guys. Ever. Guys, there's never eight weeks of previews. Maybe two. Maybe. <laughs> But the, even that's pushing it. Yeah. Eight weeks but of previews is maybe crazy. Maybe they were using previews instead of tryouts. The tryout. Like right. Maybe but that's just, not. But still. No, because the thing about a tryout is that usually when you're going to do one, you do multiple. Right. And you have weeks in each location mm-hmm. and full audiences so that you have plenty of time to work out all of right. the kinks. It's like if you listen to the Annie episode and when they went back and did Annie Warbucks, they had all that time at the Goodspeed, yeah, Goodspeed. Uh, Theater. And so first they went to D.C. It wasn't working in D.C. So they shut the whole thing down and then they went to Goodspeed. And then reworked it. Mm-hmm. That That's what you just need time because without an audience, you can't figure out like what works and what doesn't work. But like once you're on Broadway, like people expect that's it to it. be. It's ready. ready. It's supposed to be ready. Fully fleshed out. All kinks gone. You're on Broadway. That's right. But people, it's New York. We, we don't mess around. It's, <laughs> it's not messing around. Well, here. it's a lot of money to spend on something that isn't fully like if i'm going to a tryout in boston or in philly that's what i'm paying for but if i'm paying for a broadway ticket my expectations are going to be much higher my expectations are that you already did your work that's right and i can sit in the audience and enjoy what i'm about to see (laughs) and then with this being the only new book musical slated for the entire season Mm -hmm. it had a lot of buzz and anticipation surrounding it and so you had a lot of audience members uh, who were, you know, excited to see something new, see something fresh, see something that wasn't a revival. And so when you, you know, when people have that anticipation already in their minds and, you know, you're going and you don't actually know what this show's going to be like, this it doesn't make, it doesn't make, it's it's not, a good sign. No. This is not a good start. No. All right. So, unfortunately, during the eight weeks, there was a lot of bad mouth already. Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised. Right. Right. Um, and it has been likened to that of the whole Merrily We Roll Along saga, oh. which uh, which Merrily We Roll Along went into previews in 1981 and had to undergo radical changes because of such dismal word of mouth. So they're liking can it. You, I mean, can that. you imagine? I mean, like the 80s, we didn't have social media. Like right. today, the show would be dead in the water in an hour. Yeah. Or Twitter, less. Facebook, 
Twitter. Because that kind of word of mouth, <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, it's it goes down fast. Um, so major cast changes occurred to Legs Diamond. So the role of Legs' wife, Alice, which was played by Christine Andreas, was eliminated. I love her. Do you? Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's good. <laughs> and then Legs' brother... Eddie, played by Bob Stillman, was also eliminated. Oh, wow. If you see the movie, Alice and Eddie are integral, <laughs> integral yeah. to the story. And as I read the synopsis, you know, the short little mm-hmm. history of the actual Legs life, like they are very yeah. uh, important. Yes. <laughs> as well. So uh, I, I mean, those cuts were... To me, those cuts show they just didn't. They were grasping. Yeah. You know, because. They were like, oh, I, I don't know. We just have them. to cut somebody. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know what they were doing. Oh, yikes. Uh, Peter Allen's attempts to play so totally against type as a suave Lothario and his inability <laughs> to act were. They tried to remedy it with rewrites, adding monologues for him to speak directly to the audience because okay. people were so used to yeah, his cabaret he's shows. Charming. Right. So even though that maybe could quell the problem of his inability to be a great actor, mm-hmm. it still doesn't help tell the story. Well, it, it what it didn't help was his lo- like him being a Lothario. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, no, because he probably I'm, went right back into that whole like you he's know Liberace. His, yeah, like imagine Liberace on stage. <laughs> Trying to woo women and be a, a person that women just like fall yeah. all over. Maybe that's why they cut the wife. Maybe they're just they couldn't create that chemistry. Well, the thing is, though, they still had all the mistresses. Oh, yeah, that's true. So it wasn't even it was like, OK, so Alice is gone. Alice is sort of backbone. Yeah. But like we're going to leave all of these other women that he's supposedly and so, <laughs> and so that did not work. No. Um, uh, f- so opening night was December 26, 1988. And Frank Ridge commented that the evening's most compelling drama was watching Alan figure out what to do with his hands. <laughs> it opened the day after Christmas and ended up closing February 19th, 1989. Okay. After how many? So... If we say it went into previews in October. Yeah, I'm not good at math. We're trying to do math again. (laughs) Y'all figured out. Preview started October 25th, 1988. It opened December 26th, 1988. And then it closed February 19th, 1989. Okay. And if you do eight performances a week, you do the math. (laughs) You'll figure it out. Okay. So, um... I listened to the soundtrack. So if you're at all also interested, I already told you about YouTube, but you can listen to the entire um, cast recording on Spotify. What did you think? <laughs> I, I, okay. So at, I was doing research for Legs Diamond and doing research for Leap of Faith. And we were going to do Bonnie and Clyde this season, but we're pushing it for next yeah. season. And so I was like on the train and I would just be listening to all these <laughs> recordings on Spotify. Spotify, if anybody from Spotify is listening, bless you for your cast recordings. <laughs> Thank you very bless much. Bless you. Yes, yes. Um, and so 
I was like, well, it's not as bad as the leap of faith recording. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. It it and it was. You know, there were songs that kind of really got stuck in your head. There were sure. like lines from songs that got stuck in your head. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it was. You know, I feel like uh, I would say a decent musical at least okay. has a song get stuck in your head. Yeah, that's true. And Peter Allen's voice and songs were they were they nice. were lodged in my brain for weeks after I listened to it. Um, but I was annoyed by. The, f- the female characters like I I do feel like I am a feminist in one way sure. and so I was really frustrated <laughs> with how you know of course they completely lost th- there was no the Bechdel test was blown to smithereens <laughs> okay so that's number one like just blown to smithereens yeah. and so all any woman sang about was how much she was in love with Legs Diamond oh, and how great. messed up he was and like the names they called themselves. I just ugh, eh, bleh, oh, man. no, I was unhappy, unhappy. Yeah. And I get it in terms of the fact that Legs Diamond was a Lothario. Mm-hmm. He was a player. He didn't treat women with respect. Right. So, OK, so it stands to reason that you know, he would not be treating women with respect and the women would be singing about how they were disrespected, (laughs) but they weren't even singing angrily about being disrespected. (laughs) So I was like, at least get pissed off. Something. I need something, ladies. Yeah. More than than just the doe eyes. No, I can't. I couldn't. I can't abide. Well, maybe they used that as a device, though, so that the audience had some indication that Legs Diamond was likable. Do you think? I mean, it didn't work one way or the other. It didn't work at all. That's too bad. Okay, so just so you can see just a little bit of why I was upset. Uh, There were songs with lyrics like, if you love me, put your knockers away. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm blushing. Okay. And then... um, there's another song called I Was Made for Champagne. So it's one of those girls. <laughs> yeah. And she's just singing. I mean, she's basically like this Marilyn Monroe. Gentlemen prefer blondes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's another movie? Marry, How to Marry a Millionaire. Isn't that? Is that a movie? Yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Oh. Oh, yes. I right? think so. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Yeah. So I Was Made for Champagne is very much like that. Okay. And then... Uh, the song Only an Older Woman. <laughs> so that's like. What is she, 30? <laughs> right. So, she, so she's like this older woman who's just like lamenting about how much she loves legs and only a woman of her age could really understand and love him the way that he would need to be. But like he doesn't care about anyone. So yeah. it's just really frustrating to listen to. So after the failure, the failure failure was so total. Mm-hmm. Um, it compelled the Nederlander organization to sell uh, the Mark Hellinger Theater, and so Times Square Church had already been wait based on that show. That was like the last show they did because oh. it was just a series okay. of total failures. So that was just the the final. Yeah, this okay. was the final nail in the coffin. So uh, 
Times Square Church had already been renting the Nederlander Theater, okay. which is still in use now. Uh, War Paint is oh, there yeah, right yeah. now. They had been renting it uh, for their Sunday services. And so they already had this um, relationship with the mm-hmm. Nederlander organization. So they entered into a... I think it was... It's It's a funny lease. It's like... A hundred year lease or a thousand year lease, oh, like something really funny yeah. like that um, with the Nederlander organization for the Mar Callender Theater. And they've kept it in really excellent condition. It's beautiful. Have it you really been there? Is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh, and the, they also allow you to take tours. So if you're not a churchgoer like Pamela and I are, <laughs> who've actually been there for services. For service. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, you can just take a tour of it. And it's it's really, it's beautiful. And I think, I mean, it's a large theater. It's like a 3,000 seat theater. Yeah. It's a very large theater. And they pack that thing. They do. And they have for an For multiple overflow. services. Yeah. It's really incredible. Yeah. So, you know what? It's like, I, I am glad that the theater is still in beautiful condition and mm-hmm. is still, you know, this church. I, I love it because this church has said, we also like we see the value of theater. Yeah. Like so we are going to keep this theater in good condition and we're going to recognize that there's a beautiful history there and Absolutely. we will still allow people to come in and to partake and to see like where theatrical theater history was made. And we're also going to, you know, worship God. So that's what happened to the Mark Hellinger Theater. Um, the sets and costumes were basically thrown into the Hudson River. Oh my god, like a dead body. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was like It's kind of a fitting end though. If I you guess, really think right? about it. It's like it really did they, is. Did they tie the clothing and sets to like cinder blocks? I know. I know, right? <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Like that I read that weird. and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" But what? no, they just Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. They just they were like uh they were just like all trashed and so they're like they're in a landfill at the bottom of the Hudson River. Uh, you know, because <laughs> Kelly, I think Kelly was one of the shows, too, that we have done on this podcast. Yeah. That the sets and costumes all ended at the landfill oh, as well. Maybe I'm getting them confused. But it, well, no, it wasn't the Hudson River, though. There was no okay. Hudson River involved. If I'm wrong, I will be back on one of the <laughs> many episodes you know. to, to uh, say that, but. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were all destroyed. Yeah. Um, not only that, but it was very. It's very difficult to find the orchestrations. Oh. Wait, so um, in 2012, yeah, it just said uh, Legs Diamond got a reading in December of 2012, but they did have difficulty finding the orchestrations. So they had to basically create them from what they heard from listening. Oh yeah. wow! So that they could do, so that they could do. Well, the wait reading. though, because I mean, I'm assuming that they got the rights to perform it, right? So why but, would the orchestrations just weren't available? Yeah, no, That's like weird. isn't it? Yeah. Like the, it's like they they can't find them. Like they contacted the Peter Allen Estate. Yeah, and they could not get the orchestrations. <laughs> so it's just one of those weird things. It it really sounds like for him this was such a dismal failure mm. and just was so he just wanted disheartening. to delete it, delete, yeah. it, delete it completely. Just like pretend it didn't mm-hmm. happen. A bunch of the songs were used in the Boy from Oz, though. Okay. Uh, so final note, and this is like 
a weird, weird foreshadowing. Yeah. Like really creepy foreshadowing. <laughs> so the beginning of the second act in the Legs Diamond musical. So creepy, you guys. <laughs> I'm just. Legs Diamond is dancing on his coffin. And he said, it, he sings, I'm in showbiz. Only a critic can kill me. <laughs> well. That's, and that's what happened. That is what happened for the show. That's what happened. Yikes. And it, I mean, it really did kill his Broadway career. Like yeah. there was no, there was no There's more no Broadway. coming back from that. So that's the story of Legs Diamond, the musical, wow. guys. That is a good story. <laughs> I mean, it's always, it, I think it's always sad when, yeah. When someone's dream dies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Peter Allen had a terrible career. You know, he was known for his flamboyance and for his uh, fire and his energy. And his and, charisma. And his, and his charisma. ability to talk to he the audience. He was not known as a Lothario. Yeah. So it's like, play to your strengths. Right. right. And like know your audience, which I've said so many times mm-hmm. on this podcast is people not understanding and owning who they are. And so when you don't own who you are and, you know, play to your strengths, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you're lose, You're going to lose. Yeah. I don't want I don't want people to leave thinking that we that we want you to stay in your own little box that you shouldn't, you know, branch out and try something that you want to do that's different from what you're used to. Mm-hmm. But when you try something new, you can't expect to just dive into the deep end and have success. Right. You really do have to have an idea of what you're doing and how to do it. And you need to surround yourself with people that have that kind of experience. Right. Otherwise, you don't have a foundation that's strong enough to really compete. So... I uh, want to remind everybody right. to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes yes. when you listen to this podcast. Um, tell your friends about us. Uh, if you would like to, you can also like, share, and follow on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us at on Twitter at TGA. B-way. <laughs> <laughs> TGABWay at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you've got any questions or comments. Or if you've got any stories, we want to hear them. We can Absolutely. do a little intermission sewed. Yeah. We, yeah. We need you to send us any questions about these episodes that you have. We mm-hmm. need if there's any corrections and omissions. Totally. If you know any of the answers if to the you questions. Have any juicy gossip. If Ugh. you can do if you can do math. <laughs> we'll take that. That's a big one. We might need to hire someone to do <laughs> math for us. I, uh, I really just hope that you'll stick with us yeah because we we like to tell it for the stories and the Mm -hmm. story is there so if you like hearing stories about theater about flops about (laughs) new works about you know that kind of interesting information backstage stick with us we will get better as far as the (laughs) technology and uh, sound quality is concerned um but yeah tell your friends about us too because even if they aren't fully knowledgeable on musicals uh they'll like it anyway right it's okay. and they'll gain that knowledge because we're gonna let them know <laughs> all right guys okay. and scene bye bye <laughs> hey. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.